Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Only Murders in the Building, Season 3. Theater is all about choices, what you share and what you hide. Those choices change everything. Hey, it's Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for this spoiler-free review is my fellow podcaster slash detective slash baritone. Uh, he's Justin, the Jersey boy loving Lawrence. Hey, yo, what's going on? You a Jersey boy lover? Uh, No. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Jersey Boys. Uh, oh, no. I, I know who they are. I, okay. I, obviously, I'm not. I'm not an uncultured swine, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's definitely not my cup of tea for sure. Have you done a vocal test? Are you a baritone? Uh, no, I think I'm a, a no tone. Uh, a no tone? Yeah. <laughs> not even like a, a, a good no bass? tone. Yeah. Um, I probably could. No, I don't even. Know. Oh, you're getting I, there. You're I, getting I, there. I, I could get probably pretty low. Yeah. I think the closest thing to singing I've actually ever done. Yeah. Is uh from our um you know you'd appreciate this from our uh, our. Uh, Fun boxing video. Yeah, uh, it was the fun boxing musical for The Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. I did the uh, French Chef, uh, and I also did Simba in The Lion King. In The as Lion well, King, for, you for did. a short stint. Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> you guys appreciated my ad lib of like just jumping in and doing it. And the French one was pretty funny because I got to put on an accent. Uh, so, yeah. but yeah, I'm not really a I'm not really a singer. But you, my friend, oh. you got the singing chops, bro. Oh. I, I'm 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 surprised I haven't seen you uh uh lead a a theater production yeah <laughs> i mean listen if anyone's listening out there wants to hire me for your theater production uh I'd yeah you could than, use the work i, I you totally know, agree I use the work. <laughs> but justin i am uh i'm stoked to be back talking about this series uh it's the third season which is crazy i think i mean we knew that it like pretty immediately um, I mean, I well, first off, we weren't expecting this show originally back in 2021. I think Kevin was like amped about it. And then after, you know, uh, finally getting to see it, we we really discovered how special it was. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this, obviously you're a fan of the show. Um, if you want, you, you know, you can go back and listen to our season two review. But then if you go all the way back to 2021, um, Justin, you actually had the opportunity to speak with the creator of the show, uh, John Hoffman, mm -hmm. um, which is just a delightful yeah. conversation. I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, I think, you, you, you know, to your point, when Kevin brought it to our what we were looking forward to in 2021, and he told us the premise for this show, we, you know, definitely raised our eyebrows. And we're like, okay, this this does sound very interesting you know fast forward eight months later it's august uh and we're getting the first season uh of of this show and we were all unanimously just like wow this this works on so many levels they've had such a success from 2021 that they have been able to knock out season two in a year season three in another yeah. year yeah right so they've obviously they figured out uh, of the formula which really does rely 
on strong writing and strong acting. Uh, and to continue that consistently from season one now into season three, it's flawless. Absolutely. And I think, and we'll obviously talk about it when we talk about the show, but um, yeah, I think they've, they've, they've not only um, sort of perfected the formula, but they've, they've since iterated on it. And um, before we, we get to the synopsis, Justin, you brought up the incredible writing, incredible acting on this show. Uh, and I do want to pause and just remind everyone listening that we here at Geek Centric, obviously we support the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild and American Federation of Television and Radio Artists as they strike to get the contract that they deserve. Uh, we wouldn't have phenomenal shows like Only Murders in the Building if we didn't have these incredible actors and these incredible writers uh, creating these stories that, you know, can help us, you know, escape into fantastic worlds or, or give us these really heartfelt moments that kind of uh, show us the perspective of the people around us. Um, and, and, you know, ultimately what, what they're asking for is that the WGA and SAG-AFTRA just do better. Uh, it's as simple as that. Um, and so, you know, obviously they want to continue making these stories uh, while supporting their families. And, and obviously as geeks, that's what we want too. So if you want to support the actors and writers, of the things we love, you can do so by checking out the links in our show notes. All right, let's get to the synopsis for this show. Season three finds Charles, Oliver, and Mabel investigating a murder behind the scenes of a Broadway show. Ben Glenroy is a Hollywood action star whose Broadway debut is cut short by his untimely death. Aided by co-star Loretta Durkin, our trio embarks on their toughest case yet, all while director Oliver desperately attempts to put his show back together. Curtains up. Uh, this is starring returning cast Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Jason Vise, uh, Vesey, Jackie Hoffman, Tina Fey, and Michael Cyril Creighton. Uh, with newcomers to the series, Paul Rudd, Ashley Park, Don Daryl Rivera, Allison Gwynn, Linda Amond, Gerald Caesar, Wesley Taylor, Jesse Williams, and Meryl Frickin Streep. Uh, Only, Murders, uh, Only Murders in the Building returns with a two-episode premiere August 8th on Hulu in the U.S. and Disney Plus in Canada. Special thanks, as always, to our friends at Disney Studios Canada for letting us watch these episodes early for review. Now, again, this discussion will be completely spoiler-free. Obviously, this is a murder mystery show. We're not going to spoil any of those intrinsic details or surprises. Uh, we ourselves have only gotten to watch uh, the first eight episodes out of ten. So we still don't even know the resolution to this season. Uh, but enough set dressing. Let's chug a blue raspberry gut milk and get on with the show. Uh, I want to kind of start, and, and again, with this being spoiler-free, it's kind of tough to talk about the narrative or the story this season. Um, but I think the biggest compliment that I can give and the first word that comes to mind when I think of the story this time around is fresh. It's it's refreshing. I think for a show that's in its third season, like we were saying, it's so wonderful to see how this season's storyline still play. It, it it pays homage to seasons one and two, but in new and exciting ways. Where I felt like when we were talking about season two, there was a lot of oh, it's just like in season one, which was great. But here we are in the third season. The show is uh, uh you know a little more mature. Um, you know, just in terms of of what it's you know, what it expects from its audience. And I think I'm really enjoying how the this season is, um, you know, at times it, it's straying away from the podcast motif. 
to make way for, uh, you know, a very sort of Oliver centric Broadway season. Uh, and I'm, I'm really, really digging that aspect about the story. Yeah, I think that the first, you know, the first season was very Charles centric with without obviously the trio being very involved, but it was mm -hmm. very Charles centric. Season two is very much a Mabel season. Yep. And this is Oliver's season, all while still keeping the trio at, at the core of it. Yes. Um, but you're absolutely right. I think that the the refreshing part is that this doesn't necessarily follow the same mold as season one or season two, what it does follow is there's great characters. Uh, it keeps those, those those elements that you really enjoy and appreciate intact, uh, but it, its approach is, is a bit different. I see a little bit of Knives Out or Glass Onion or even After Party to a certain degree sure. with how we're introduced to our suspects in this season. Your suspects are usually fed to you or, or drip fed to you in, in a certain way. Whereas, you know, with those examples like Glass Onion or, or Knives Out or even After Party, you're introduced to your suspects right off the bat. And then mm -hmm. it's just a matter of figuring out who who done it. You know, this is how this third season begins. It's an introduction to the entire ensemble cast behind this musical that are suspects in Ben's murder. And I think that part is really refreshing. And I, I really do appreciate them kind of shifting the orientation or shifting the order in how we go about getting our suspects. You know, it's it's not a slow discovery. It's really laying it all out in the first episode of who potentially could be behind Ben's murder. And I think right off the bat, doing that really does create a more engaging experience with this mystery. Because I honestly believe Audiences are going to just constantly be guessing who did this and, you know, breaking everything down. And, and I think that's the exciting part. It's just so engaging this time around. I find myself incredibly enthralled with this mystery and, and really wanting to figure it out. And I again, I, I think given a show that has, uh, you know, three seasons to have such a slight switch up, but still keep it focused on its core characters and yet still keep me engaged. I love that. It's it's so great. Yeah, you're going to have a really fun time if you're watching this, you know, in a group or with with folks and texting back and forth and and, and talking about, all, you know, your theories from week to week. Um, you know, I think as bingeable as this show is, and that's how we we had the opportunity to watch it, I do think that the weekly week release week. is going to be even more yeah. fun. And, and it's funny because, uh, you know, a lot of times, Justin, I find on, on this podcast, we often say like, oh, it's probably better if you just watch the whole thing in one go but with this show it really does work week to week um the humor is back i mean obviously oh, God. steve martin <laughs> short so <laughs> as always but i think there's some really fresh uh ways that they they bring they bring the meta humor into it i mean there's a joke about ai uh there's even a joke referencing how the second season of was the okay. podcast wasn't as yeah was not as good as the was first okay compared the to the first one and it's you know it's so meta so because good. it's you know it's it's one of those things where it, it's sort of a general consensus when people talk about a season two exactly. in relation to a season one. It's always like, oh, you know, season one was better than season two. But I think the consensus yeah. with Only Murders in the Building season two is that it wasn't as good as season one. So to, to interject that meta humor, it's so fitting because even in season two, we got a lot of sequel jokes or, you know, trying to redo things and, you know, them being very self-referential and being aware that this is a season two. And are they copying and emulating what worked well for season one? So it's always been there. And I think that that that's that's sort of the comedy gold of this. 
amidst this sort of very serious situation of, of a murder in the Arconia. So yeah, I, I, again, it's it's one of those things that's such a staple that I'm glad they were able to still layer in. But you're still going to get sort of the a lot of the sort of little references you expect. I mentioned gut milk earlier. Um, you know, there is technically a new character moved into uh, the penthouse suite, but it again, it's done in a different way than you would expect. Uh, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I will say that the, this season is um, also a little different because I think we, we do get to see our main three, our main trio split up a little bit more this season. And I think, honestly, I, I've... I, I could see how that could elicit some mixed emotions for people because their chemistry is just so damn good. But I think it really adds to their character development this season. And I think it also makes those moments when we do get to see them back on screen together that much more enjoyable. Like that dynamic alone is it really does create more of an intrigue for for this season. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's not the same like, you know, they're detectives and they're all happy, go lucky and they're all involved in each other's lives. I think season two was very much that, you know, they were all trying to be there for Mabel uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and support her while she was going through, you know, the events of, of season two. But here it definitely does feel like that conflict is serving as as a layer of of another layer of intrigue uh, for for the season. And, and it creates a, a dynamic that is uh, uneasy and kind of throws into the question, like, who's really like who wants to really be a part of this thing anymore right yeah. like what's what's the intentions and you know is there still a desire or a passion like there once was um and i think that question comes up a lot but i also think it's the reality of of friendships uh, at the same time people's lives become busy paths change focuses change um and it's just trying to figure out how to find that balance and i think that that's kind of the subtext to to what we're seeing, uh, but who knows, you know? And I think it adds a little more, um, re I guess, realisticness to- Relatability, yeah. To, yeah, and relatability, but also like just that, like it's showing this is what friendships yes. actually are. Um, yeah. And I think it, I think it, it's all the stronger for it. I think the last thing I wanna say about the, the storyline, um, like, you know a murder mystery hits when you're constantly second guessing yourself. Mm -hmm. And Justin, I was going over my notes before we started this podcast and I keep notes from episode to episode. I go episode one, I write notes, episode two, I write notes. And dude, when I tell you at the end of every single note, I was completely convinced that it was a different suspect after each episode. It's just, it's amazing how well they they can just really push the 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 audience and, and, well, and you know, as yeah. they're going from week to week to like, just fully believe that you you figured it out. <laughs> well, that's you know again that that is part of the bingeability of this series is that like once they leave you at the end of one episode, you're like, oh, dude, I gotta watch the next one, and that's why it was so easy for me to like coast through these. But um, the week to week will definitely help and will allow you to kind of dissect each little clue and each mystery. But to your point, the constant guessing, the constant second guessing. That is so thrilling and enjoyable, uh, and it really does make it again like you're an active participant in this in this this whodunit murder mystery where you're you're guessing who it is. We've we've had we've had a lot of murder mysteries. Even this year, we've had like 
you know, I guess Glass Onion was towards the end, the tail end of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've, you know, we just in, in over a year, we've had season two of of, of the um, after party. Uh, of the after party, mm-hmm. we've had we've had the Glass Onion, and hell, if you want, you can throw in Only Murderers season two from last year as well. So just in over a year, we've been in, inundated with with uh, murder mysteries. But this one f- of all of them has felt the most engaging in terms of really wanting to figure out who who's done it, and it also has kind of taken the mold of what it established with its first season and and changed it most effectively. Whereas I think you know, Glass Onion, Knives Out, and After Party, they have a shtick. They have a shtick that, that makes their stories and their, their, their episodic content for After Party work. Mm-hmm. And I think here, the, the shtick is the characters yes. for Only Murderers, and I think the, the, real, the real amazing part of that is, is, is how they work together and how they might come up with challenges and how this mystery is, is kind of dividing them but bringing them together it's it's all really it's all really a, a great like honestly a prize and delight this is a refreshing difference from from season one and two well let's talk about this this cast i mean i, I mentioned them mm. at the top there it's an expanded cast but at the same time it sort of feels like it's it's a bit tighter at the same time i think um you know last season we got the sort of we got to see the whole of the arconia we got to see so many different players um whereas this season I think it feels tighter in the sense that it's focusing a little bit more on the cast of the the Broadway production. Um, I was surprised when Meryl Streep was announced for this season, but as you'd expect, like she's fucking brilliant. She's, she's so amazing. obviously right, but like her chemistry with everyone on the show is so phenomenal. She just she when she's on the screen, you can't just help but sort of just really feel so invested in her character, and she's getting to portray this sort of down on her luck theater actor um and and this series is just really you know letting her show everything she's got in her arsenal like she's there's just a there's a reason she's been nominated for so much and she's so the reason why she's won so much yeah there's a reason why she has won so many oscars and i definitely think that an emmy is is in her line of sight with this 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 role yeah um the you know we're talking about the meta qualities her character is an undiscovered actress that said (laughs) you know i love that meryl streep like you said leans into this idea that she's undiscovered she has no real uh experience she's done a couple odd ed acting jobs but she's really making ends meet for her character living in in new york and she leans into that she wholeheartedly leans into it where you just you kind of you're, you're, you know you're watching Meryl Streep, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's incredible how, how much she just becomes Loretta. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Paul Rudd, I think, is, you know, obviously he, he He's plays- a character. He's a Glenn, character. Glenn Rudd. Well, I think it's, what's so much fun about it, Justin, is that we get to see him play an asshole. And yeah. that's so welcome because he's usually so damn nice. charming yeah, yeah, and yeah. likable. Right. Um, he was just it. We we just talked about him in in Teenage Mutant Ninja yes. Mutant Mayhem, and he was a delightful Delight. voice actor as as Gecko. Right but here so. we get to we get to see him be this full of himself sort of you know just this 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 diva of an actor. Um, and I think it's funny because like the last time we we you you might have seen him as a jerk would have been like role models, I guess, like in two thousand eight. But he's it's it's funny because as much as a jerk as he actually is, there's still s- some really strong moments that that still get you sort of 
understanding where he's coming from, even if he's a, a massive prick, like there's still some of these like deeper moments that they get to explore with, with his character. And it's just so it's crazy how like one scene I can go from this guy's the, the he's the freaking worst to kind of sort of understanding where he's coming from. It's it's they did such a good job with him. Really? You think you can, you can justify and understand why I think at, 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 in a lot of ways what the episodes do <clears throat> is kind of, say like, wow, there's a lot of people that could have fucking killed this guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And there's just a lot of reasons why he, like people didn't like him. Right. Uh, and I, I think that that's, that's sort of what makes, again, the, the mystery so interesting, you know, especially in, you know, the first episode when you see many of your suspects and you, you, you kind of see who's part of this play that's been working with him. Yeah. I think that, you know, in with the way Paul Rudd plays it, you're absolutely right. Like he's always the charming one. He's always the kind one. He's always the nice guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and to see him be an absolute prick, uh, you can see he, he's, I'm not to say that he shows his acting, but you can see that he's being more of a character yes. than he is where, you know, like when he's, you know, obviously on the opposite end of spectrum here, you know, let's, if he's uh, Scott Lang, there's mm -hmm. just such a charming, natural, uh, charisma to Paul Rudd's portrayal of that, that it just feels inherently Paul Rudd. Yep. Here, you will recognize that, that that's not Paul Rudd, but he's definitely he's definitely leaning in. He's having fun being the diva, right? And being, being that. Who, again, going super meta, you could have put someone like Meryl Streep as that, because sure. that, you know, she could have leaned into it. Had but this show been made in like the 90s, she sure, would have been that maybe. character. Maybe, yeah. Absolutely. But the idea, though, that They've they flipped it on its head. They've taken the nice actor and made him the dick. They've taken the well-known, everyone reveres as a fantastic actress, Meryl Streep, and made her a no-name actor. Like it's just like you can see that they're having fun behind the scenes with casting these roles with characters, with actors that are going to chew on it and going to have fun with it. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, and again, and maybe this is another layer to it. It's like with back when they when they did you know, when we saw that Selena Gomez was cast in this, right? And we had no idea Subvert how phenomenal that choice was. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, continuing off of some of the, the additional characters, Jesse Williams uh, is in this season uh, playing Tauber. Do you know him? Um, do, you know, do you know him from anything else? Like yeah, he's also, he's that hunky uh, doctor guy. <laughs> he's the, Yeah, he's the hunky doctor from... from uh, from Grey's Anatomy. I've, right. I've watched Grey's Anatomy, so I know the show. So, you know, he's he's a fantastic actor. So I'm glad yeah. that he he's in a show with this sort of caliber because I think, again, not to take away from Grey's Anatomy, but it's, you know, serialized television. There's there's a script and structure that is is very, you know, broadcast television style. You know, I think that seeing someone like him step into this role as, as Taubert, uh, it was, it's nice. He gets to, he gets to flex a, a whole other side of, of um uh you know acting in in a lot of ways especially acting off of such huge talents well and with with a name like Tobert I think it's just Tobel it's, it's so I believe funny. it's pronounced it's so funny because like <laughs> well because he's he's you know again it's like Robert with a T like it's just this character that you know you would you would look at and on 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 the surface you would expect to be kind of this <laughs> you know this hunky sort of love interest but you know, in reality, he you, you get to sort of see that side of him that that is very much a Taubert. And it's just he's weird and he's 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 kind of 
you know, he's had some life times. experience. He's had some sure. life experience. Yeah, there's um, an elephant. Uh, it's just weird. <laughs> there's something with an elephant. Um, and and then come on, Howard is a series regular this Howard? season, yeah. and I'm just yeah. I'm so happy because he's so. He's so hilarious and so lovable, and he's so much more agreeable this season. And I think that has a lot to do with how much he's now being included, uh, not just in this season, but in in, in the you know, circle of friends. In the circle of friends, right? Yeah, and it, yeah. it allows him to be closer to his boyfriend. And we remember last season he struggled with being able to connect and 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 share that time with his boyfriend. So the fact that he now has that because of their relationship through both being part of the production is fantastic and his yeah. voice dude <laughs> it's there's one he's moment so... where he has to like enunciate his voice like super loud and it's the it's one of the funniest yeah. moments it's well, so good yeah michael Sierra Crichton has has always been like a sort of a silent hitter you know in, in the past seasons he kind of comes in he delivers some some really funny moments and then he's gone um, and then he's gone and yeah, then like here that. it's really great to see him have a whole experience and, and be a part of it you know there's yeah. one moment where he's giving i i like that that he has a, a conversation with uh uh mabel about who's more skilled at doing something and it's just all of a sudden like i can do it i'm the one that can do it. and the way he leans into it and like suddenly feels like he's part of the team like yeah. you can't help but like uh laugh at him <laughs> you know what i mean but at the For same sure. time find it incredibly endearing that he he just wants to belong yes with the group yeah right he wants to be a part of it and he you know he even tries to sneak his way on to to the episodes and i i love that i, I love it but yeah he's definitely a standout uh another standout though is is uh jackie hoffman as as uma you know oh, again, another character we've seen in the background a little more prevalent in in, in last season with yes. her relationship with bunny but um you know she gets uh she gets her moment here uh we, we understand a little bit more about her character and that's what i love is that this this season has now gently opened the door a little bit more to these these other characters uh and you know while uma is it's in and around the Arconia, and we we do get some time with her, and we we get a little a little moment and stuff like that here and there. Um, you know, it's it was it's much more than anything we got before with her character because she was always just the 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 rude. She would always say "fuck" a lot, so. <laughs> and she doesn't disappoint in this season. No, definitely sure. not. Yeah. Um, getting back to our our trio though, really quickly. <laughs> I mean, Mabel. I think Selena Gomez this season. Is 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 really fun confident. and 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 confident. Yeah, m much more confident. Mabel, um, she's 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 kind of figuring these things out on her own a little bit more. Um, she's driven, and she's, she's more driven. Yeah, no, right? for sure. And yeah. and I think, but I think the other part about it is like, yes, she is more driven, and we're getting a more mature version of these characters. But at the same time, she's also starting to become more and more like Charles and Oliver, like in, in one instance, and this is in the trailer, but you see her struggling to connect verbally with a Gen Z TikTok star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, hi, mama, like just the <laughs> stuff. And it's just like, what are you doing? And it's I think it's just one example of how they're they're taking jokes from previous seasons of this sort of like age humor uh, and, and delivering them in, in fresh ways. Right. And, they, you know, we, we always joke that, you know, the fact that they, they gave her character the name Mabel yeah. and she's able to connect with Charles and Oliver, it has a lot to do with that she is an old soul. So, yeah. you know, I remember I, I kind of brought that up with uh, John Hoffman, but to see a joke be made in this season where they're like, you know, oh, I, I you know, I, I feel like you're 72, maybe 75, right? <laughs> like, you know, as, as a reference, it's like how much of an old soul that Mabel is. Yeah. I think that that's, 
you know, again, that's all the seed planting that was there um, with with her character, and, and to really kind of highlight, again, that she's sort of like she's like she says she's she's a late bloomer in figuring her shit out. Yeah, and here she is, I think, at her confidence, and most confident, most driven. Because she's done it twice already, mm-hmm. um, and I think last season was definitely like her trying to figure her stuff out and understand how she kind of fits in this whole life situation with with what was going on with her. Um, and yeah, I, I I think her character comes off as as very leader driven. Yeah. Oh, she definitely is. She always was, I guess, to right. a lot of degree, right? But <laughs> but Charles, uh, Charles, like I think Charles and Oliver were always surprise and delights with what what they were able to bring. Yes, and I think they they continue that this season. Exactly. I think, um, but they also still <laughs> they're still their old selves as well with jokes about internet, you know, memes and 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 you know, I think at one point Oliver uses the term "bruh" um, a few times, and I think you know, I think it's it's they're they're so. Again, it's just it's so fantastic to see how they're able to expand upon their characters and really show them at at moments where they're, you know, at their height and then just how how also how low they get as well. Um, And I think just as much as the previous two seasons, as much as we we're saying this one feels a little more Oliver heavy, it does. It's still an excellent blend of all three protagonists and what they're going through as they navigate, uh, you know, a murder, a Broadway production. And then as well, some, some, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say too much, but some romantic storylines as well for all three of them. And I think that's such a wonderful sort of uh, aspect to, to this. Again, it's, it's part of that formula. um, But again, they're doing it in a, in a refreshing way. Exactly. But it's not so obvious, I don't think. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think that, I think they've just figured out a way to to have an, a character of their trio be a sort of an anchor and a focus for the season, while also giving us really great moments with with them together and them as duos. Like, let's not forget Steve Martin and Martin Short really know how to oh, act off of one another. On. And you know, from from season one, two, and three, their performances as as Charles and Oliver have been absolutely fantastic, have been absolutely stellar. You know what I mean? Like that is, that is, you know, while season two wasn't as great as season one, as we have said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was still good. A lot of it has to do with with the cast and, the, and, and you know, Steve Martin uh, and uh, Martin Short and Selena Gomez really carrying season two uh, all that way. And, you know, this season doesn't disappoint. You get some great moments with Steve Martin and Martin Short. Charles and Ollie are fantastic together. Oliver... I don't man. He he might be one of he, I think he's my favorite yeah. of the three because of just how eccentric, how sarcastic, how direct, how not direct he can be. Um he's he's such a delight and I'm glad that they're giving him a focus in this one cuz even in season 1, we kind of establish where Charles and Ollie and 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 Mabel are mm-hmm. in their life when they find each other to start this podcast. But it does end up inevitably becoming very Charles centric in season one with Jan and, you know, all the stuff that kind of unravels. And, you know, so, yeah, I think I honestly believe that the this trio is is the anchor. And if they decide like they've done with this one to focus on Ollie and his story and what how his importance to this whole thing, um, 
I think that makes sense because then it, it still gives you a, a direct anchor point for the audience to really kind of connect with outside of just the, the trio, right? Because the trio dynamic will feel different than the individual character story. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's always so wonderful when you really get to see that shine uh, quite a few t- a few times in this season. Um, and there's some really phenomenal hell yeah moments, both when they're together and when they're apart. Um, for, for each of their characters, there's at least one sort of like, oh, let's go. Like, finally, they get to, they get to sort of have their moment, um, and what they're, what they're looking for this season. Uh, and lastly, just on the the topic of cast, I won't say anything about who they are, but there are some really, there are a couple really fun cameos, uh, this season and they do not disappoint. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Um, now I will also just say, oh, the stage manager. Hilarious. That's all I'll say. She's absolutely hilarious. Oh, uh, you're talking about um, KT. Yeah, KT. She's she's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> just the way that she plays off of Howard as well of just being yeah. almost the anti Howard. Uh, anti Howard because he does nothing. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, all right. Um, you know the other thing I did want to quickly talk about as well, and and just a little bit here, the music. Um, the music composed by Siddhartha Kosla, always incredibly charming and classic. Um, and there's, there's, you know, I, I think there's, there's so, so much of it that just adds to the, the whimsy and the, and the, the, you know, the mystery of it all. But there's also music from some of the original composers of La La Land, Waitress and Hairspray, um, that just really add to those, as I was saying, some of those hell yeah moments. And I think there's also like, it adds to a heartfelt moment, um, specifically like with, Meryl Streep and I think it's just again it's one of those things where it's like I guess I knew that Meryl Meryl Streep could act and she could sing but she's a triple threat it's incredible it's so good and I think that again she is gunning for that Emmy yeah or the Emmy's gonna come and get her I I don't even know (laughs) but uh, you're absolutely right like I think what's interesting about this is yes the this this the signature score you know, when we when I watched the first episode of season three and that theme song kicked, I oh. had the biggest smile on my face. I'm like, we're back, baby. We're back. Right. And, uh, you know, some, from time to time, I listen to the soundtrack, I, 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 the the original score. I, I like the, the subtle piano. It has all the right, like, like you said, whimsy, the charm, the delight that is only murders in the building. That That is signature. It is like such a signature to the show. Um, but like you're pointing out, you know, the the the. This season has a new layer of music, which is the musical, mm-hmm. which is the musical component. And that component is handled so well. And, and, and if in a lot of ways, I think this this season is a celebration of musicals and of Broadway yeah. and of what the theater has brought. The theater has brought uh, for, you know, for culture, uh, because I think um, I don't know for sure, but I, I think John Hoffman has had some interactions and doings with with theater and i it only makes sense that 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 could find its way into this show because the reason why is because it's just done so confidently Mm -hmm. it's not done as like almost like an added layer it's done out of out of love out of respect for the art of theater and 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 musicals and yeah i actually i i think that that in itself that again another layer serves as such a, a a beautiful refreshing part to this to this to the show well and it's cool how it how you can take this murder mystery but then infuse that musical aspect into the sort of into the core of it and it like you were saying like it doesn't feel like it's just sort of um a a gimmick 
it 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 feels like the sh- like the the root of this season um and it's just again it adds so much to to Oliver uh and his his storyline um let's get to our final thoughts let's wrap this up obviously we just are in love with this show um you know we're we're not going to necessarily give it scores i'm sure you can imagine what they'd be um but i want to know you know your final thoughts and will you keep watching <laughs> The season three, uh, once it uh, once it debuts. Well, I'll answer that one first. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 renowned. Yes, I'm 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 hooked. Um, I, I love the show. I, I always have. I, I think like again, it was such a surprise and delight to be introduced to it in 2021, and you know everything snowballed. You know, with talking to John Hoffman and getting into season two, and now here we are with season three. And I just love these characters. I'm such a huge fan of of. Martin Short, Steve Martin, Selena Gomez, their dynamic works so well. And seeing their individual stories is is fantastic. But, you know, Only Murders in the Building season three is is entirely just a delightful breath of fresh air uh, in, in the whodunit genre in, in a lot of ways. Again, like I was mentioning before, we've gotten other whodunit, whodunit style uh, movies and stories over the last year. And I, I feel like this one, in in its own way, didn't revert to its you know, niche or it's shtick that knows and acknowledges the shtick is the characters, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 the Arconia and, you know, those elements that that need to be at play. And I think that the plot based on, you know, again, we haven't seen all the episodes, but it has me engaged. It's it's cleverly crafted. And I think in, in a lot of ways, it sets it apart from previous seasons in that it keeps you guessing. And like I said, it's just the structure of introducing your suspects right off the top and allowing you to kind of you know, go through the motions. And as you mentioned, Nate, constantly second guess yourself. You will be second guessing yourself. Viewers will be guessing until the very end, in my opinion. Uh, The addition of Meryl Streep uh, and Paul Rudd is absolutely outstanding. Uh, They seamlessly blend in to the trio of characters, the original trio of characters, uh, and bring their own personality. And as you were mentioning, Nate, like, or as we were talking, like the dynamic of of Paul Rudd being a dick when more more commonly he's he's the nice guy, and you know Meryl Streep being seen as this huge successful actor and she can do anything, and she's playing someone who no one's ever noticed. I love that meta humor or that that meta casting that gives these actors this opportunity to play something outside of who they actually are, and I think that's just really smart. And the trio, we we talked them to death, like. You know, they are the heart of this show. They work so well together. My hat's off to John Hoffman, Steve Martin, the cast, the entire cast, their commitment. Um, And, you know, you mentioned it. Music is such an influential part. It's signature to the show already. But here it has an extra layer with the musical focus. So, yeah, it's an absolute joy. I I am hooked. And I I already imagine there's episodes that I'm going to go back and watch. Like White Room, got to watch it again. Yeah. Just I'll say that. So, uh yeah, this this was this is great. This is great television again. So hats off to the entire the entire team behind the series. Yeah, John Hoffman, Steve Martin, Dan Fogelman, just again just giving us something so special, and it's such a wonderful. It's a wonderful treat. It's just a lovely treat to get. Um, and I and I I, I really hope it, it keeps going. Um, I know I will uh, keep going and keep watching it. I think you know we're always so thankful to get these episodes early. 
but the weight is going to be so freaking tough. No, man. I think, dude. I think honestly, I'm just going to keep, keep rewatching it until I'm just September 26th. It. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. just keep rewatching it until, until we get there and, and join in again and, and see what I catch. Right. Because like, Again, I, that's the one thing I will say is that the, the I do want to go back and watch episodes. I think with season one, I, I went back and watched a few episodes, mm-hmm. um, just specific ones. But I really want to go back and watch it from the beginning. Knowing what so you know I think now. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Knowing what I know now with second eyes and seeing if I can if I can kind of pull out some clues. But um, yeah, I mean, we were joking about the or we were talking about that meta joke earlier about the first season being better than the second one. I think this might be the best season yet, and I think that's really saying something because I actually, honestly, I did, I thought the second season was phenomenal. Um, I thought the first season was better, um, but I think this third one, yeah, might be might be the best one. Um, just the the murder mystery genre and how they've adapted it and made it their own over the past three seasons. Yes just been so wonderful to experience. And I think this, you know, it's an even stronger cast, a tighter story uh, and, and a refreshing musical element. I just, I cannot wait to see how this season shapes up who the murderer is and who survives. Uh, but that is it for this spoiler free review and discussion for only murders in the building season three episodes one to eight. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this series, well, let me just pass the podcasting mic across my murder board over to Justin so he can let you know how you can reach us. Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that feels like you're solving a murder mystery while also directing a musical, <laughs> well, you can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or the app formerly known as Twitter. And you can reach out to us on Instagram at wearegeekcentric as well as on threads and on TikTok. Also, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we've got the Discord going. Ooh, uh, it's a great yeah. place for... For people to we won't say uh, anything. chat with we us. Promise. Yeah, we won't say anything. We would love to hear your thoughts. So come join us on the Discord. Let us know your uh, jump in, and we're going to create a spoiler room for Only Murders in the Building season three, so you can uh, sound off on your theories. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll 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 stay quiet, but we would love to hear your thoughts and how you're enjoying the show. So. Let's see your murder boards. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our recent spoiler free reviews uh, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, Haunted Mansion, Chris- Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, uh, The Bear Season 2, and uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, The After Party Season 2, and Netflix's Nimona. Plus, we have a ton of great interviews out now, like our most recent interview with the cast and showrunner of Foundation, now in its second season on Apple TV+. Plus. Had a really great time chatting with David S. Goyer uh, and the cast, uh, including Lee Pace, by the way, for you Marvel fans, Ronan the Destroyer. Um, if you're a fan of sci-fi, I definitely recommend Foundation uh, and definitely check out these these interviews. You can do the uh, you can do so by checking them out on uh, your podcast service of choice or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. We also just wrapped our weekly watch club for Secret Invasion with our finale episode featuring our friend and uh, friend of the show, Spooner, aka Alan Martinez. We discuss the the finale. We kind of have like a almost like a therapy session. Um, just <laughs> kind of talking about how disappointing <laughs> that that season was uh, and that episode was. Uh, but we do get into our hopes and dreams for the future of the MCU. So you can check out uh, that episode and all episodes of that Watch Club out now on your podcast service of choice. Justin, the Hot Geek Summer is continuing. We have yet another Watch Club that I'm so 
amped for. Uh, we will be covering Ahsoka, and I cannot wait to get back to a galaxy far, far away. We'll have weekly coverage of that series, and we'll be getting back to discussing some news with some This Week in Geek episodes coming back. Uh, so stay tuned uh, right here, and, and check out our socials. We've got some, you know, Fan Expo is also coming up in Toronto uh, near the end of this month, so I cannot wait to, you know, check that out and see what that's going to be like, given everything that's going on. Um, but until then, Justin... Thank you so much for joining me for today's spoiler-free review. And as we say, love ya. Peace. Peace.